What are we going to talk on today? Don't worry, I have a plan. I want to I ask you a question. Just, I, I, I need to see a show of hands. All right, those online, I know you can't show me your hands, but maybe you can do the hands up in the comment section. How many of you have ever been influenced into doing something you regret? Come on, let's just see a show of hands. All right, All right let me preface. You're not going to have to share what that was. Okay, you can, you can, you can lift your hands. Um, I, I remember um, several now Christmas Eves ago, I experienced... One of my worst nights of sleep ever. Um, I was at one of my wife's family members, and we were celebrating a Christmas Eve party with all the family getting together. And my sister-in-law, I saw her whispering to my wife and inviting her to take a movie that had just released. Hey, let's take it in. Let's leave the party here in a little bit. And let's go watch a late showing of this movie. Normally, that sounds fantastic. But I had known from being married to my wife at that time, just for a couple years, I knew you have to be quite particular about the movies you watch in the evening. And my sister-in-law invited us to watch I Am Legend by Will Smith. Not promoting the movie necessarily, but it is what one would call slightly intense. And... uh, My wife was influenced by my sister-in-law. And I had been trying for the last couple years at that point to try to get my wife, Kelly, come, let's watch, let's sit down and take in just a nice, soft, casual viewing of the Bourne trilogy, to which she consisted. She said, no, I want nothing of that. She's like, those fighting scenes, they're just too realistic. And I say, I know, that's part of the editing. There's no music. It's, It's, Well, anyhow, my sister-in-law talked her into I Am Legend, and I kid you not, I woke up, it felt like every five minutes. (laughs) Kelly was tossing, turning. She was having nightmare upon nightmare. Zombies were in our room, you know, (laughs) trying to take us over. And what's my point? The power of influence, all right? The power of influence, all right? But maybe maybe for you, it's not so simple or small. Maybe uh, maybe you uh, got involved. You had a family or friend invite you into a new job, somebody, and you thought, you know what, it's time for a change. The pay was remarkable. The benefits were incredible. You went through the interview process. Everything was great. They just failed to mention a toxic work culture. And so you showed up. You thought, man, this is going to be amazing. Maybe you even got your first paycheck. But then after the honeymoon ended with the work, you were like, I can't do this. What happened? You were influenced. Somebody, maybe unintentionally, but they sold you a lie. You thought, man, this is, this is it. All my dreams will come true. Maybe, maybe you <laughs> were talked into an investment. You bought the stock. You thought, man, this is going to be amazing. Some of your friends or family members told you, man, look at the earnings. Look at what it yielded this past year. And that stock was incredible. Till you bought it. You the bad apple that broke the stock's back. <laughs> right? What happened? Bad luck? Maybe. But what happened for sure was you were influenced. And my point is simple. There's no way around it. We are influenced by others. And we are being 
influenced by others. And I want to start this year. It's not a series. We start a series next week. Today, a standalone message. I want to talk about the five friends you need in your life this year. Five friends, not 50. If you have 50, fantastic. Make sure they fall into these categories. But just five friends I want to encourage you to prayerfully begin to establish relationship with in your life. See, Scripture's very clear. Only a couple verses for you, but very, I believe, profound verses, very helpful verses, very wise verses for you today. 1 Corinthians 15, 33, it says this, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Hopefully by now, you've learned to recognize that charisma can get you in the door, as John Maxwell would say, but character keeps you in the room. I'll take character over charisma any day of the year. You know, it's important to lean in and to learn and to yield, if you will, to the wisdom of Scripture. And Paul's writing to a church that had gone a little sideways. They had what we would call some problems, big problems, the Corinthian church. And so he's pastoring them. He's leading them. And then he just has this, he has more than just this line. It's a loaded, a loaded book, a loaded letter that he wrote to them. But this line, I think, can whisper to our souls today. Do not be misled. There's an assumption being made there. What is it? You can be misled. That alone was worth the price of admission today. Come on, just say it. Come on. It's so good to be here. Just come on, say it. I can be misled. All right, you silent husbands, come on, just say with me. I, I can be misled. I, I saw some of y'all, you're like, I know you can be misled, honey. I've been trying to tell you that for six years. You know? No, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't project. Right? Just receive. I, 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 I can be misled. I, I, I can be misled. Then another, another truth here. Bad company corrupts what? Good character. Come on, bad company corrupts good character. I believe in 2022, we're going to be able to look back on this year. And savor all that God has done in and through our lives. And certainly there are different dynamics to a vision and to creating goals for your year. But I think very close to the top of that list should be to recognize who has influence in our life. Proverbs 13.20. Here's the second verse. Proverbs 13.20. Walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. You know, like some Sundays, there are those scriptures you've got to reread and reread, and I've got to break down the Greek, the Hebrew, the Spanish, the Latin, the Aramaic. You know, I've got to spend. These aren't those verses, y'all. They just straight up get it, got it, good. I mean, that, that, that's, there's no way, you know. My, my daughters may tell you, you know, Paul, my, my dad would still find a way to talk me through it for a long time. But I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to simply reread it. Walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers 
harm. See, the temptation in our life is going to be to surround ourselves with people who help us fulfill our desires. And unless our will is surrendered to Christ, that's a bad formula for living. I mean, think on the days when you didn't know Jesus. And you surrounded yourself with friends. Maybe you're here today and you're kicking the tires. You don't know Jesus yet, but you're interested. Well, think about those you've surrounded your life with. Are they people leading you to fulfill your desires? Or do they have a godly, if you will, ethic? Is there wisdom to some of the truth that they speak into your life? It's important. You know I'm, 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 I'm not making this up. There's so many, so many quotes on these sorts of things. A couple motivational guys. They're not, I'm not saying they're Christ followers. But a couple motivational guys. Jim Rohn is the guy who kind of got that uh, into our thinking. You know, it's, it's, it's sort of true. But he says, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Isn't that comforting this morning? Amen. It is, right? It should be. You, you, are, you are the average. Some of you are like, I just got a dog. Well, there you go. No, I'm just kidding. Dogs don't count. All right. You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. A social psychologist, Dr. David McClellan of Harvard, he says the people you habitually associate with determine as much as 95% of whether you succeed or fail in life. It's remarkable, remarkable. I like to say this little one-liner that the voices in your life determine the vision for your life. The voices, the loudest voices, the people closest to you that you make the most room to speak into your life, they right now are influencing the vision you have for your life. I was doing some research and come to find out there's a, there's a little, little scientific statement about it. You may want to keep this or you may want to forget it. Either way, you're welcome. All right. It's called the social proximity effect. It's the people closest to you can have the greatest influence. I like the proverb social <laughs> proximity effect. Walk with the wise will become wise. So who are these five friends? I'm glad you asked. We're going to kick off with just four of them. They're very simple. They're very straightforward. But again, my hope is for you to prayerfully consider them placed in your life, to begin to coordinate, to begin to intentionally move. Maybe don't shift people out, just shift these five in. So we can bring up the image. We're going to talk about four of them really quick, and we'll end with the fifth. All of these are nice and happy and encouraging, all right? Some of you look like you were in a little despair about the friends. Here's the first one, listener. The second is encourager. The third, not in order of priority, mind you. The third is godly wisdom. And the fourth is healthy fun. Healthy fun. Healthy fun. Spiritually, emotionally, physically healthy fun. All right. Four friends, a listener. These are going to be quite straightforward, but just listen with me. Maybe take a few notes. Maybe just let them get settled in your heart. A listener. Someone to hear 
your dreams, disappointments, joys, and grief. Somebody who can be a good listener. I should say at the outset, for those of you dating somebody, if, if, if you're serious, or even those that are married and have been for a season, your spouse may have some of these qualities, but it doesn't have to be a requirement, right? But it can be very helpful, right? And so not only are these people we need in our life, but we need to become these people Unless you're just a naturally gifted listener like I am. But some of you, you take some work. <laughs> that wasn't a joke. No, I'm just going <laughs> to... All right, I'll stop. Right. Hear your dreams, disappointment, joys, and grief. You need people in your life you can talk to about the deeper things of life. Listen, not every conversation needs to be a deep conversation. My wife has taught me that, all right? But you do need moments, you do need sincere, authentic, genuine people that you can spend a few moments a week in a time of need who are there to listen. Sometimes in your life, let me say this, you may have a circle of friends, you may have people in your life, and right now you don't have a listener. The good news is in American culture, you can pay to have a listener. I recommend it. Some of you, you may right now need therapy and you're praying for that listening ear. No, don't postpone. Don't hesitate. Have somebody now who can begin to listen. Listen, when tragedy, when grief besets you, when depression seems to be knocking on the door, it's good to have a listening ear in your life. Somebody who can just hear you're going through. This has to be cultivated. And it would be good for all of us to begin to, to, to cultivate. You know, I, I, I've learned over the years that I'm a bit of a fixer. So this, you can imagine, still takes a lot of time. And I realize sometimes I'll be talking with somebody and I can immediately see the problem. And if I don't, the Holy Spirit can quicken me to immediately see the problem. But then I don't listen to the rest of what the Holy Spirit's saying when he's saying, listen, and I just jump with the answer and try to cut them off. Like, no, 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 you don't need to continue. I don't need any help. I know exactly what the problem is, is you. And here's how we're going to solve that. Boom, 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 boom. Right? told you I'm a good listener no but I mean that over the years I've had had to recognize when Proverbs would also say know know when to speak and when to be quiet you know having a listening ear it really I mean this can change the direction it can begin to shift and shape the trajectory of the future of your year you need somebody to be able to hear your dreams, and hear sometimes the difficulties. Locally as a church, that could look like a small group leader. could look like a mentor. could look at, like somebody in your life that, you know, that they have your trust. That's very important. That they're not prone to gossip, but they're patient, slow, and caring. Second person you need in your life is an encourager. Nothing like some good encouragement. Again, the temptation's going to be, I'm going to find one person to be all these things. 
Good luck. No, 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 no. You may have different people in different moments and sometimes in different seasons, but have an encourager in your life. Have an encourager in your life. The quickest way for you to draw an encourager into your life is be an encourager. Something very strange happens. It's not always opposites that attract. That similarities sometimes attract. Encouraging people sometimes run in pockets. You won't find them in the gossip parlor. You won't find them complaining or negativity. You know, you need people who wake up and see the forecast as sunny. That you have a hope. You have a future. Jeremiah 29, 11 is a truth over your life. That your best days are still ahead of you. That's the beauty of who really, if you will, the Holy Spirit is to us. But we need to embody that, amen? We need to be, be those people. I was talking with um, Josh Roll, who, by the way, last Sunday did an incredible job yeah. preaching. Did he not? Well done. Josh, if you're watching this, hear me. Well done. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful word on prayer. And um, he mentioned, if you know part of his story, I won't share all of his story, but he has no shame, nor should he, in sharing the redemptive work God is doing and has done in his life. And he said, you know, one of the phrases in recovery that he was continually given, especially in one place, he said, they gave us three words, stick with winners. Simple, stick with winners, stick with winners. And I like to say, stick with encouragers. Stick with encouragers. Stick with people who encourage you. And, and encourage, let's break that word down. What does it mean? In courage. So they're going to deposit within you courage. You know what it's like, right? To get off the phone and just feel so full of hope. Or to leave church somebody and be so enthused that this week God has some appointments lined up for you. Some surprises, some hope-filled moments. You know nothing about. They're just going to sideswipe you, the goodness of God. You know what it's like to leave a moment, leave a, a, a time together, a cup of coffee or a phone call or a small group and be encouraged. My prayer is that this year you would intentionally have people in your life to encourage you, to encourage you. Third here is godly wisdom. Again, just straightforward but oh, I believe how powerful for our life. Godly wisdom. Someone who you've strategically invited to give you wise, count, godly counsel over a situation you're facing. I can't tell you, it just makes me so happy. I'll sometimes see before church or after church, not really during church because I'm preaching, but sometimes before or after a small group, even in a small group, I'll just see Godly counsel being exchanged. I sometimes see a, a seasoned couple, not just a young adult or a teenager, but sometimes a seasoned couple reach out and say, look, I, I need some advice. And so I'll see a few people here early, maybe before group, just talking, just asking, man, hey, I've, I've, got, I've, I've got this need or I've got this circumstance. What do you, rec what do you recommend? It's such a beautiful picture of, of walking in humility. You know, if you find yourself always having all the answers, uh, check yourself. 
No elbows. Check yourself, not those near you, right? But I mean that, walking in humility. Can I tell you, I know I listed it third, but this, this, is, this is number one. You get godly wisdom in your life. It can change the trajectory of your life. I hate to say it. I've seen people have counsel from other brothers and sisters in the Lord. But it was unwise. And it changed the trajectory of their life and their direction. We need people ahead of us. The Apostle Paul wrote most of the New Testament. If you're new to the, new to the Bible, the book of Acts shares this tremendous transformation that happened. Somebody who was a murderer of Christians encountered Christ and became, dare I say, the greatest evangelist. And he wrote most of the New Testament. But Paul positioned himself for three years, he was discipled in the desert. That's where you discipled back then. Aren't you glad we don't do that? But he was discipled. He was shown the ways of Christ, the hope of Christ. And he wasn't just discipled by the Holy Spirit. He wasn't like, yeah, look, I've taken your messages online. I heard this podcast. Then now I'm submitting to godly wisdom. All that's great. No, he had... Somebody in his life, my pastor always says this, somebody who knows you, K-N-O-W, who knows you, and then somebody who N-O knows you. I'm so grateful for godly counsel who, who would occasionally slam the door in my face. Say, that's just a terrible idea, Paul. I received that. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for that grace. We'll move on, but let me say this. Do your life a favor. Make it easy, make it easy for godly wisdom to speak into your life. Do your future the biggest favor of all time. Make it easy. I can get so defensive sometimes. Now nah, we don't need to go there. But <laughs> Eugene Peterson, I love, love his quote. He says, the most heavily guarded territory on the globe is the territory called self. <laughs> and it can be so hard sometimes to hear the correction or sometimes hear the wisdom because it's painful. And it can be humbling, but I can tell you Sometimes in receiving godly wisdom, it isn't always easy for others to come and talk to you, but they made the patient, prayerful journey to speak a word of life in hopes. Come on, some of you, if you think about it, when you were wayward in your sin, did you just need somebody coming along? Hey, better luck next year. Keep after it, pal. You need somebody saying, man, there's hope. But you got to repent. <laughs> like, man, God loves you. God loves you. But do you love God? I mean, you need those moments. Godly wisdom, godly counsel. Holy Spirit, speak. You know what I mean? Speak to me. And oftentimes we're like, God, speak to me. And 
Here he is sending people across. No, don't use them. Don't, not that guy. Not that guy. We want to we keep our hearts. Hey, here's one I love. Healthy fun. Come on. You need some good old fun people in your life. I love fun people. Some of y'all, you fun. You smile. You're loud. I'm just kidding. We're not going there. I love, I just, I love, I love healthy fun. I remember in a, in a, in a, in a not so fun season of my life, I was talking with somebody and they said, man, what would you say your fun factor is? I said, well, that's a stupid question when I'm so disappointed and discouraged. Don't you see? No, I see. But, but what have you done for fun lately? I went for a run. Eh, that's not very fun. So what do you like to do for fun at that time? I think I blurted out, watch Mr. Bean. I said, well, you should watch Mr. Bean. Watch it. Just watch a movie. Turn on. Have some fun. You know, sometimes in Christian community or in church, fun can be so underrated. Like, listen, everybody knows how spiritual you are. And we love that. We applaud that. And we're all chasing after being, being like Christ. No doubt about it. But sometimes... It is so critical in our lives to have healthy fun. I once heard somebody say something so spiritual, it changed my life. <laughs> they were preaching on anxiety and having fun and things, and they said, man, sometimes you just got to get out there and have some fun. And this guy was like, you know, I was, I was carrying these weights and these burdens, and somebody invited me snowmobiling. And they said, you know, it's hard to be anxious going 65 on a snowmobile. And I thought, that's a prophetic word. He don't even know it. <clears throat> like, some of you, man, it's, it's good to go golfing. You don't want me going golfing. It's not going to be fun. It's like me inviting you to watch soccer. You're like, are you serious? Is, are you serious right now? Got to have. But know the adjective. Healthy. Healthy. Healthy fun. You know, sometimes the next generation, or perhaps for you, you were never modeled healthy fun. And so fun just looked like cray-cray. And it's fun, but you don't need cray-cray fun. You don't need find my identity rebel fun. You need healthy fun. Healthy fun, let me just tell you. Healthy fun has less regrets, somebody. Amen. Amen. Less Regret, fun, is important. Last but not least, <laughs> this fifth person is less about you, and it's more about them. Someone for you to mentor. Someone for you to pour your life into. Someone for you to take under your wing. We don't want to live life consumed with ourselves only. You need all five of these. Can I tell you, if you've struggled with purpose in and over your life, may I propose to you you're lacking mission. You're lacking a vision greater than the one you're living. 
It's so, so, so important. Yes, those first four, I think, really can lead us and help us surround ourselves with wisdom and be wise. Surround ourselves with good character and have good character. But can I tell you something? Jesus didn't just come for Project Self. He came to save the world. And how is he saving the world? He's saving the world through you and through me. And so I guarantee you there's somebody in your workplace, God may even be bringing them to your mind right now, that he wants you to zero in on. He wants you to be praying, praying, lifting their name up every day. He wants you encouraging them. He wants you uplifting them. He wants you intentionally inviting them. Maybe invite them to small group. Maybe invite them to church. Whatever that looks like, maybe at first he says, hey, take these 21 days of prayer and fasting that are coming up and just pray for them. But we were designed to give our lives away on mission, on purpose. It's so remarkable. We live in a society with almost everything we could ever want at our fingertips. And yet the sky is soaring on depression and anxiety, which are very real. I don't make light of those things. And it's not only spiritual by any account. But what I have seen is that sometimes in people's lives and in their hearts, they're lacking a vision greater than themselves. And so prayerfully consider, God, who's, who's this fifth friend? Who do I need to just get in my circle? Who needs to taste some of Papa Paul's casserole. Oh, <laughs> You're like, oh God, not me. <laughs> Boom. I have a feeling that's all you're going to leave with today. Papa Paul's casserole. <laughs> can he redeem what's left of this message? Yes, he can. All right. Serious? Who... Who needs lunch after church? Not, that's, not a that's just a rhetorical question. But who can you begin to strategically... And let me, let me say this. Let me say this. Be subversive. And what I mean by that is do it casually. Don't, don't text somebody right now saying, Hey, you know, my pastor was preaching such a good word. Best message I ever heard. Yeah. And he said, I need to pour my life into somebody. And you're that person. All right? Single people, don't text nobody that, okay? <laughs> but I do mean, pray for them. Ask the Lord, hey, when can I grab coffee? Who can I, who can I speak into? Can I tell you, my life was changed. My life was changed not as much from church conferences. My life was transformed not by some angel visiting me, my life has changed most often over a meal, over coffee, when somebody sacrificed their time, their talent, and their resources to bring me in. Don't be surprised if this year God's wanting to expand your bubble. Be expand. Bubbles aren't bad. We all need some bubbles. We all 
need to recognize other people's bubbles and respect bubbles. But Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. You've heard this said. You may be the only Bible someone else reads today. It's true. It's true. So let's prayerfully consider who we can invite into our life, into our circle. May God grant us the wisdom. I know He will. I know He'll speak people into your life. This year, we've got goals. We've got some weight to lose. Amen, somebody? I guess I'm alone. All right, we've got, <laughs> we've got some things, goals we've set, vision we have. We've got things all mapped out. Can I tell you? Sometimes it can be so easy to emphasize the practical. But you know what will be the most important are the voices in your life. They will determine the vision for your life.